I think some of the recent technologies, right? so you, you mentioned something mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, some of the exotic hardware, right? Um, so Cerebras, of course, we talked about that. Um, could you touch upon GraphScore and Dmatrix and how these things are uh, compared with each other? Yeah, so um, GraphCore, the company I, I used to work for, had a different bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bet was that um, it is basically saying, um, so if you go deep into what, 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 what makes GPUs really attractive today, it's, it's this memory and, you know, it's a combination of memory and compute. Right. So GPUs come with their own private, you know, own attached memory that they have. And this memory is, is, is called, it's, it's, it's called as HBM or high bandwidth memory. Mm-hmm. And what it, it's, it's, there's only one company which manufactures it and that's Samsung. And this is very, very expensive, but it basically gives you memory at high bandwidth. So as, as a point of comparison, uh, your standard memory modules that you attach in a CPU give you about, um, 200 gigs a second. Um, in in high end CPUs, very right. high end, like you know, uh, in, in in server grade CPUs, two hundred gigabytes uh, per second of memory transfer, right? Memory transfer, right. correct, correct. And uh, the the thing with uh, the thing is, once if you start doing your compute very fast, if you take your matrix mulch and just like smack it with you know raw silicon and do it very fast, you're you're left like you starve. You're wait, basically waiting on memory to like you know. Right. Data to come, and then and you you've had this problem where the first order problem is gone, but the second order problem is okay. Now I I, I just need data coming fast enough for me to uh, at the rate at which I'm consuming it, um, and that's an why you need it. So GPT, uh, let's say GPT chat, right? So suppose GPT chat is creating this sequence of text, but mm, then yeah. it to be you know uh, printed on a paper and then sent sent you know sent it outside. <laughs> then it's like hey. Uh, right. There's no point making GPT faster if uh, yeah. paper is the you know place. Paper is the bottleneck. Right, mm. right. Got it. Exactly. So, so once, uh, so HPM basically gave you a lot of bandwidth, right. and that allowed you to, and that was required for tensor cores. So mm. once you started putting these kind of units in, you needed proportionately fast memory to to, to keep the whole thing going. But the biggest mm. problem with uh, HPM, and which is what like today, you know. NVIDIA is always grappling with this. It is hard to increase capacity. The, 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 the best HPMs today get you about uh, capacity of 80 gigs right. and, uh, you know, bandwidth of, you know, about two terabytes a second. So mm-hmm. five times, so 2000 gigabytes a second and capacity of 80 gigs. Now take GPT-3 as an example. It has 175 billion parameters. So if uh, each parameter, each weight took uh, 16 bytes, so two two words, that's already 350 gigs of storage. Right. So you cannot fit that in one GPU. You need at least you know four to eight GPUs to start yeah. squeezing so that in. Gigabytes, so that's the official number. Uh, 800 gigabytes. Exactly. So that right. So, so you need automatically like you know that many GPUs before you can start you know just fitting. Just to serve you your requests, just to fit the model, you need that many GPUs. It's not even training, it's just inferring. It's just running. Oh the just line. inferring. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just, just to fit it in, that many GPUs are gone. So that's, that's so, so GraphCore came with a bet that, hey, like, let's go back to, like, if we start increasing the amount of SRAM in a chip, SRAM is what is called as cache and other things. Like today in a laptop, for example, with 12 megs of, 
um, SRAM, you have broken into L1, L2, L3 caches. This is a standard CPU terminology. Um, right. Graph Core came with the thing that I will give you one gigabyte of that, which is like, you know, Whoa. imagine 12 megs and this is one gig. But if we give you one gig, you're going to be so busy utilizing the one gig that I can then connect it to low bandwidth memory. I can, nice. you can live with like, you know, a hundred gigs a second and hundred gigs a second is commodity memory modules, which is used everywhere in the world. And you can scale that independently to terabytes of storage. So your capacity can go up to terabytes while you're, um, you know, because mostly because you've allowed for much lower bandwidth and why lower bandwidth is because um, I've basically given you, you know, even though if you have tensor cores, I've given you so much SRAM, so much cash, it's basically a giant pizza to eat. So by the time you start eating, you finish the pizza, even though my delivery is really, really slow, I will reach that before you finish eating your pizza. Right. So right. that was the basic thing saying like, you know, it has a lot of compute, but uh, it's, it's this memory that you see. The AI memory is about 3.6 terabytes. So right. it gives you a lot more memory, uh, but the, the catch is uh, there is a, there's a trick here, which is, you know, you have lots of SRAM and the aim is to accommodate all that, you know, live computation uh, within, you know, within that largest SRAM. It's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, the, the jury is out whether this is, uh, fundamentally a successful idea or not. Mm -hmm. The, the, the idea harks back to very standard computer science that you need, uh, if you have a lot of cash, you need, you can go with very slow main memories, but, um, uh, it, it's the same analogy, right? If, 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 if Ford had like, you know, you know, millions of chips, uh, for its computers stored it in its inventory. It would care less about you know what's happening in the outside world about whether there are supply right. chain shortages or not because it has so much in cash. By the time it consumes all its chips, you know COVID can come and COVID can go, and then you know the factory can completely start in in you know you're you're not like you're not exposed to the vagaries of uh, of the world economy if you have enough 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 cash enough storage or enough inventory. Right. It's uh, and 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 this was the bet. But, you know, AI is growing so fast that I think most people are coming down to this idea that you absolutely need high bandwidth and high capacity, which is two very opposite problems. Uh, yeah. you, you can give one, you can't give the other usually. And right. all of the advancements that, you know, NVIDIA, AMD, anyone in architecture is doing is to address this one and one problem. How do you give high capacity and mm -hmm. high bandwidth memory together? I think I the problem of computers largely solved in AI hardware. Nobody, everybody knows it's tensor cores. Everybody has them. Um, the only question is, can you uh, give a lot of memory at very high speeds? Um, and that is kind of what we're grappling with today. And, you know, multi-chip packages, um, more HPM stacks. And today, you know, what people are thinking about is a couple CPU GPU, where you don't have it. two a CPU and a CPU separate chips but you're building that logic uh, and tying them up very, very close to each other. I so see. you're basically have the capacity of a CPU <laughs> and the entire memory of the GPU then just becomes an inventory, becomes a cache. Right. And, and then you're very quickly pulling from that and then feeding the GPU. So that's where, you know, all the latest advancements are. It's can you, can you give the, can you pull from the CPU's main memory fast enough? And I can see. you use the GPU as a cache? GPU's memory as a cache 
so that uh, you're able to hide this entire you know, provide capacity and bandwidth. It's again a standard problem. Like, you know, for example, if Netflix is giving you movies, it would keep the movies you watch more frequently close to you rather yeah, than right. a data center very, very far away. It's a very, it's not a, it, it's the, it's the most, uh, you know, logical next step. It's not a fundamental revolution. Sure. So they're so all doing the logical next step. It looks like uh, all these, uh, you know, these fights are still based in silicon and, you know, semiconductors. But I also, yeah. I would also be interested to learn more about, you know, some of the other, other types, right? So photonics, for instance. So how do they yeah. fit into this, uh, this, this whole thing? Yes, that is very interesting. So photonics is what is calling the revolution. It's fundamentally capable of providing high bandwidth at very, uh, and high capacity together. Mm-hmm. And the way it does it is it, it completely removes wires. Your laser is communicating with basically switches, uh, Right. You know, which which are which are always you have you have, you have some data here which is digital, right? Um, then you have a, a transducer which converts that into pulses of laser. Like each as the data is being read, the laser turns on or off, and then you have another thing uh, with that laser that that input is received and that's converted back into digital. So mm-hmm. you've you know the chip is all digital, the storage is all digital, and then it's just the connection between them which is now. Just through lasers. Just through... So interesting. So the transistors are still semiconductor, the silicon based, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wires that we are uh, replacing by photonic connections. Is that? Yes, that is exactly the thing. So at the boundary of the chip, you have this sea of trans, you know, transceivers, which basically are analog to digital or digital to analog converters, uh, and and that is the new bottleneck. It's easy to send a bit, you know, by laser and receive it. But the question is, how quickly can you do this digital to analog process? And that's where all the challenges of photonics are today, uh, which is, can you do it fast enough so that uh, uh, that is not the new bottleneck? It should still be faster than just sending it by wire. Take the analogy in the real world. So you have these, um, you know, typical wired cables to transit uh, transmit information. Now coming up to optical fiber cables, right? So it's the analogy. Yes, yes, yes. It is, but, these are actually optical fiber cables, just a little more advanced. These are fundamentally optical fibers. Um, and uh, it can be a bundle of fibers or it can be you know, any, any which way you want, but they're fundamentally optical fibers. Question is how quickly do you, like the you know, optical fibers, while it's going through the fiber is capable of a certain bandwidth, but the bandwidth at the end, when you convert that back into digital is much, much lower today. That needs to be overcome to be able to make it useful for chips. So what problem is this all in? I didn't follow. So is, it, is there still a physical cable or there is no cable? You can choose. You can actually have physical cables or you can just have, you know, the laser inside the cable or you can have lasers outside. It's up to you. Most people would prefer. Yeah, but if you have laser outside, the, I mean, sorry, I'm trying to build this picture in my head. So you're saying there is a chip and there's a bunch of lasers being shot off right above the chip that are communicating signals to each other. Won't that just be like... Massive signal interference and all sorts of crazy stuff going they're on. All they're at, all like sending. Yeah, the, the brilliance is that, like, imagine even if it's just one cable, all these uh, things could be at different frequencies, so they don't interfere. Oh, okay. So, like, different so, frequencies of light. Yeah, different frequencies of light, so they don't interfere with each other. So one yeah, is just yeah. reading. Yeah, yeah. Light, reading the violet. Red light, green light, yellow light, and they're far enough that they don't. Uh, they're, they're not close to each other. Okay. Uh, but uh, which no, 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 no light is typically exactly one wavelength. It's like a Gaussian. So right. as long as they are spread enough from each other, they're not going to interfere. They can go through each other with, with no problem. 
Yeah, and, but the problem you're solving is that you're saying the speed of interconnectivity on the chip itself is too slow. No, but it's between the chip and the memory. So right. wherever okay. you're storing your model and storing the data, yes. that that uh, getting that data quickly enough has become the new challenge. It's become exceptionally acute with the chat GPT kind of models where you're predicting it literally yeah. alphabet by, you know, character right. by character. It's not, yeah, yeah. you know, or, or sometimes like one word at a time, not more word, than that. Word so yeah. word at a time. And it's not that it's predicting the whole thing. So you predict one word. Based on that word, it predicts the next word and the next yeah. word. So a lot of back and forth going, uh, you know, between, you know, by the time you go down to what's happening on right. the chip. Yeah. And it's a one the back and forth. Uh, uh, speed of light. Yeah. Right. So the right. back and yeah. forth is that you you um you basically you know every word has to go again through the entire model. Yes. To give you the next word. So if you have predicted two words, both yes. those words then go through the entire model, then to get the third word. It's not. It's not that you send your input once through the model and you have all of the output. Which is the standard way of imagining. So if you've given and if you basically, if your entire model was just like, here's my input, all I'm saying is true, false, or something, you're sending right. the input once. But what's okay. happening in these the generative models is that yeah. the model is changing. I mean, your output depends on what you've just produced, like uh, the previous words. So as you're generating words, your yeah. next word is responding to that. So you're going through the model. Every single word involves a, it involves another, you know, loop through the model. So when you say loop, you're saying that the model has to be fully loaded into memory every single yes. time, and that's what you yes. said is not even possible on one core. It has to happen on like multiple GPUs. Let's say eight, eight GPUs today. Yeah. So and then your the input and the model are being cycled through the entire memory for every additional word. Uh, so the input is go, goes once. Okay. Then you have the. All of the input produces oh, one yeah, word. Every output, like at the end of the day, is and that one, is, that one word that joins the input and yes. becomes a new input, which goes all the way through the model again. So yeah. it's not that you've you've gone into your first GPU, come out of your eighth GPU, and you give it to the user. Gotcha. You have to go through this thing every single word, like several times through custody computing. Before and the reason for that is every additional word generated now has changed the state of the input. And therefore, that the, new, the new input, the, the new, new input is the earlier input until now, plus this new word that I've generated. And I have to yes, request yes. do this for every new word that I generate. Yes, yes. That's yes. insane. Like, that's not how humans think at all, by the way. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I, I, I if you think of the answer and you put a sentence around it. But, yeah, yeah. you know, this one, like, is just creating, like, you know, imagine you're going word by word and creating your answer on the fly. And that, that is, that, that generates insane requirements on the, on, on the entire memory stack, which is which is what these photonic startups are trying to address. There is also others that people are trying to do the entire you know matrix multiplications using lasers uh, yeah. by you know the, like the, the interference is equal to addition or sum uh, sum Ooh. is equal. So so yeah. they just change the phase of of the same frequency. And when you okay. change the phase by enough number, you can always have two waves cancel each other. So that becomes like a like a like a subtraction of two things. Right. So um, if you have exactly the same phase, they become addition. So once you have addition, subtraction, and then uh, enough adds becomes a multiply, and then you can pretty much get all of uh, 
everything, all of arithmetic happening just through lasers. But some startups are trying that. It is still not clear whether they will succeed. If it is, like that's another massive revolution because um, it will cut down the power or increase the speed of computations enormously um, because you can have so many frequencies, lasers operating in parallel, doing all your different you know, multiplications. It just blows up. It's mind-blowing the number of things that can be done I mean, if it works. I thought like lasers on lightsabers in Star Wars were cool, but now you're talking about those lightsabers doing math while Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker yeah. are fighting. That's a pretty crazy image. But they all deal with one fundamental problem, which is uh, lasers are very sensitive to temperature. So mm. when Star Wars doesn't like you to show if it's hot, you know, um, yeah. you, you know, Luke Skywalker's uh, saber might actually be shorter. Uh, what? If he's in a cold planet, his, you know, his, his thing might be longer. And oh. uh, they don't talk about temperature effects, but temperature effects yeah. are a serious problem, you know, doing AI because your oh. answers can keep changing whether, you know, your date, you know, the, the chip is hot or not. And right. then uh, you cannot expect like results to depend on like, you know, whether the day was, you know, it's a hot day. So I'm giving you, I'm going to tell you that all the cats are actually dogs and it's a yeah. cold day. So all the cats now become like, you know, mice. So you can't expect, you know, that, that, that is unacceptable. So they have like these kind of physical things to deal with. You're saying this is like a, a turtle egg where I mean, like the, the gender of a turtle egg is dependent on the temperature in which the egg hatches. This is a problem with global warming where like a bunch of turtles were just, I think, turning out male or something. And that's therefore like yeah, yeah. extinction. You're telling me the cutting edge of AI is like a turtle egg that's dependent on the temperature. At which if you go lasers. If you okay. go using lasers for math, if you stay right. off that and then, then you're fine. Like digital logic is, is reliable and consistent. It does not depend on temperature. But one thing that all this like brings up is that we talk about, you know, like blockchain being horrible for the environment, but what you're describing is even this AI stuff, chat GPT is probably terrible in terms of power consumption and like heat. Oh, it's, it's, it's enormous. It's just absolutely horrendous in terms of the resources it consumes, which is why there is a massive, right. But I have a different demand take. to really make it faster. Yeah. Go on. Tell no, no, yeah. I have a different take in general, right? Like, Hey, are no, you yeah. making something? Um, you know, you're training this one computer once and then inferring is relatively easier versus mm. somebody driving 20 miles and sitting in an office in front of a uh, computer and then doing the same work for a day. Mm. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's a, it's a debate that we can have. Um, yeah. Later. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, AI, you know, models will become bigger before they become smaller. There is no yeah. way we can economically continue to uh, sustain these kind of big models. They will go bigger and when people figure out, okay, what is like, you know, this is my working formula, they will aggressively yeah. like shrink it to something right. which is not this expensive. Makes sense. Like something right. like brain, right? So we have the yeah. brain, you know, human brain, which yeah. has a trillion, uh, you know, a hundred billion neurons, but then we only use about 10% of it. So we will build yeah. the entire yeah. thing and then figure out hey, which parts are needed. And then I guess, you know, compress the remaining parts and so on. So probably yeah. that's the that we're going. But what this means, Bundy and Manal, maybe like at some like we've talked about carbon credits capture and trading of carbon credits, right? Like maybe there's a future view where like the computation itself becomes now a constraint, not because of any other reason outside of the environment. And now companies have to figure out how to really ration how much compute you throw at what given problem. And maybe you can figure out how humans also have to trade this because I, I now feel terrible about like going and ask Chad GPT to come up with like a stupid poem about a cat. Maybe it's like, I don't know, consume like the power equivalent of a, of a city in, in like Asia or something. 
That is interesting. And there are two answers here. One is that uh, data centers are trying to go green, where as long as it's going to a data center and they power it with renewable resources, you are then like, you know, less, uh, need to be less worried about what's, uh, you know, the environmental impact. But there's Mm -hmm. also like, you know, AI is also to be personalized going into your device. So your phone and your Mm -hmm. laptop will have AI smarts. Now, does Apple pay the carbon price of its manufacturing or the carbon price of all that, you know, the the laptops burn? Because, I mean, they're putting all this, like, you know, big-ass silicon into your, you know, phones and laptops. And that's going to keep running. And so what is, like, you know, okay, so uh, to be personalized and to be, you know, for privacy, AI is going to go on device. And Mm. who's on device? Like, the devices have to get, like, far more beefy. Yeah. Now, who is like talking about the, where is the carbon, you know, the price coming in? Is it right. with the company or with the consumer? I don't know. Great question. So that, Exciting that's, uh, I, I think it's a good segue into uh, going from tech to other other aspects of the uh, business, right? So yeah. something that I'm very curious about is um, the whole economics of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have touched upon the carbon economics of it. But just thinking about the pricing, you know, even how this industry is organized. Uh, for example, I, I wanted to learn more about the contract manufacturers and how do they work mm-hmm. and how does this fit in into the entire ecosystem? Yeah, yeah. So um, the so the biggest contract manufacturer today is you know TSMC, as we touched upon, Taiwan Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing, mm-hmm. and then there is of course Foxconn, which does a lot of the other you know later assembly work right. once the chips chips made. But then um, typically, like, you know, if you go back 20, 15 years, um, all of manufacturing was done by Intel and AMD. They made the chips, they designed the chips, they they manufactured the chips. They yep. had this entire vertically integrated business. Right. Um, everything they did was tightly coupled. They would make designs which are only manufacturable. They will not go outside that. Yeah, when um, I was in my undergrad, Oh, the only decision that I had to make was, hey, is it an Intel computer or an AMD computer? AMD yeah. computer, exactly. Fedora Core used to work well on AMD, you know, uh, Ubuntu on Intel, you know, things used to be very simple. Then. Yeah. yeah. And these were the only ones manufacturing and TSMC was not as good. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. the, the magic which has happened over the last, uh, uh, it's, it's actually just three, four years where this happened. Intel was always like a, a generation or two ahead of TSMC, mostly because it could uh, tweak its manufacturing. And when I was in the factory, we did the same thing where mm-hmm. we we canceled the designs if they were hard to manufacture. So okay. if there were particular designs which reduced the, this thing, we would tell the designers, go fix it, you know, go change it. Right. Because, you know, it's logically perfect, but it just is, it's, it's a pain to manufacture. Mm-hmm. So um, TSMC was always fighting with, you know, one hand behind its back because it said, I can manufacture anything like, you know, you just, I'll give you a rule book. And as long as you stick to the rule book, um, I will, I guarantee you I'll do anything. Um, and the fact that they could do it, fight with one, one, you know, with one arm behind their back and produce, you know, good quality chips basically allowed Apple mm-hmm. to start designing its own chips. I see. And Apple started then gearing its chips to its software. So mm-hmm. the apps that run on the iPhone or the most popular apps will be given priority to be become more and more efficient, and it will design its uh, silic its its logic to basically make these apps go even faster. 
for example, Uber, if you run it on a very old iPhone, will just kill the battery. But if you run it on a new iPhone, mm. it will run for long because, you know, these apps have been always optimized on Apple Silicon to, to make sure they're always running really well. So they were able to separate that out and start like, you know, giving their designs over to TSMC to do it. So today, Apple, NVIDIA, Qualcomm, all the big, you know, the, these huge players all go to TSMC for manufacturing. Um, TSMC will come up with a rule book and it's called the design rules, design rule book. And right. then you have to, you know, honor that. And then that's it. You know, they will, they will make sure it works. I think. So imagine actually, happened. Yeah. So you're seeing yeah. The success of the iPhone and Apple's decision to build its own Silicon that has led to the rise of TSMC. If I understand what you're saying. It's the other way, which like the rise of TSMC to be as good allowed mm -hmm. Apple to leave Intel and start making its own chips. Interesting. I see. And not be forced. The market cap, right? Um, you know, just yeah. this is something, this this is only last five years. So right. Intel has been just flat, flat 200 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The growth of um, TSMC. I mean, this is yeah. something that should get heads rolling. Right in the in it, it has it has got heads rolling. It has and and the the thing I mean what always happened within um, and I was you know I was at the era in Intel when you see this this divergence to happen. Mm. I was in the factory right when this divergence happened. We I mean people used to you know we Intel used to convince itself saying this is you know we have hit the limits of physics. So you know if if we are slowing everybody's slowing you know no big deal we're still like the generation right. ahead. What yeah. happened you know when you start seeing the stock you know. Diverge is also the point when TSMC actually started beating Intel. Mm. And it started going ahead in manufacturing technology. Right. That never happened before that. And, you know, given like how they're not like a fully, uh, they're, they're a contract manufacturer. They don't know the designs that come to them. They don't know the applications. They don't know those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So right. uh, they just operate off a rule book. So, and the fact that they were able to beat Intel. Right, right change the industry in such massive ways. Wow. The fact that you have an M1 silicon in your MacBook right. is a direct consequence of this. I the see. fact that NVIDIA is so good in terms of its capabilities is one of the consequences. The fact that you have um, Qualcomm and you know producing all this is a direct consequence. The fact that AMD, which used mm. to be always like, you know, a second, uh, you know, second fiddle, yeah. thought up so much with Intel was because they became design equal to Intel, I and see. now they're they have better manufacturing technology that they can depend upon. So I mean, so they are completely eating into Intel's you know data center business because of this. Right. Right. Like two very interesting things, right? I think one timeline wise, I think 2020 is when Apple Silicon gets released, like mm -hmm. for the iPhone, for the Mac, and a bunch of like things together. That's I think where in that chart, Chaitanya, like the TSMC market cap starts to like really, really start to hockey stick. Right. And the other interesting thing is, I mean, it seems like then, Renal, from what you're describing, it's like America has lost, lost its competitive edge over the last few years. So the chips it's act. That's... Two years. Yeah. Just two it's years. literally last few years. It's very, very recent. But you can see the impact how, like yeah. on product, it's, it's, it's such a dramatic impact because people, yeah. Intel could always ensure that, okay, like, you know, everybody can design as well as me, but I can manufacture better than y'all. So right. overall, my chip is better. But... Right. That the moment it changed, like suddenly you had like an explosion of other providers all having like equal or better designs than Intel. Yeah. So this right. chip sack. That's what allowed like 
right this sorry, is sorry. so dramatic right so yeah. chips being such an important part of the ai revolution right and right. this should be a much bigger story than hey uh, it's just uh, an internet exactly. thing flat versus this yeah. um, right. and especially in taiwan which is like which is going to be a i guess you know we'll go into the geopolitics now so <laughs> this why it has become such a hot a hot issue now I mean right. Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan now takes on a whole new meaning when you look at this chart. <laughs> it's not just yeah, yeah, yeah. posturing. It's like security of the United States at some level. Yes. It's like linked to this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um which which I mean geopolitics wise like yeah you know Taiwan says you know what they have is not they, they don't they don't need a missile defense what they have is a as a silicon shield. And their silicon shield is basically TSMC. The presence of TSMC ensures that you know the world will come and save taiwan um because you know if without which all of the you know you know silicon you know like basically the industries and all of the advanced economies just grind mm-hmm. to a complete halt Amazing. because like if tsmc's factories invaded and they you know occupied that's a chip stop and then you can just imagine the massive ramifications on everything because we are in a highly automated economy without a continuous improvement in chips Right. We're 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 in a deep problem. Yeah. Wait, so just like to understand chips, that a bit more, new, would it not be good for oil? Intel? Oh, sorry. No, Shailen. I was just saying that chips are almost like the new oil, right? Like you, yeah, you, new you, oil. Yeah. As an oil-producing country, you know that countries will come and come to your aid in in case of an attack because oil is the foundation of the economy. You're almost saying like that silicon shield is the same thing in like the 21st century. Right. Pretty That's much. It's Saudi Arabia in 1990 when right. uh, exactly. uh, Kuwait and sorry 1990 when when basically. Saddam yeah. threatens it like the world comes to its rescue. They honestly don't care about you know yeah. Kuwait as much as its oil. Right. It's the same thing with Taiwan. The world will come to its rescue if yeah. uh, the challenge, of course, is it's China. It's not. It's not like you know. It's not. It's not. It's not as as uh, it's not Iraq versus Kuwait. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, completely like you know, militarily weak countries attacking each other. But, so right. this is another added complexity. So even, uh, even bigger risk, right? So now you're going after. Yeah. Yeah. going against you know another world a world power right so it's, it's yeah, uh, yeah 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 right kitchen you had a question though i think you were when i yeah i was just going to say so the difference from um you know chips being the oil right so mm. oil is physically you know restricted to be there so one right. thing that i wanted to understand was what's you know right. the question that i had asked yeah. time back so take yeah, the yeah. smc factory just airlift yeah. it and put it in texas so what's stopping <laughs> copy exact is very very hard so you need a lot of uh, you need some time like you know uh, several billion dollars mm-hmm. where the factory set up and it's just producing junk before mm-hmm. it catches up with the capability of its taiwan factory and all the supply chain of all the chemicals the equipment everything to to be set up and that is something that uh, tsmc is very unwilling to spend so uh-huh. um, that's where the subsidies come in they're like mm-hmm. we're happy to do it but you pay for you know all this yeah. downtime because economically it makes no sense to me because i will continue investing more into taiwan and just making the factories even bigger and right. uh, so if you want me to take an uneconomics decision yeah. pay for it you know pay for yeah. my factories yeah. they are willing to spend billions of dollars in um, you know in one place right so they should yeah i mean this should be a no brainer <laughs> i guess right yeah um, yeah 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 that's what the chips act is probably trying to do right it's trying to like attract chips investment chips act is exactly subsidizing this, all to, of these it, things so that people can come back it's to reverse right. chetanya's chart i think like it's to make intel 
some american company back in the leader of this business i don't think the chart will reverse because um, yeah. it's mostly to get the chart will actually expand even more they're basically telling tsmc to come and set up a factory here so tsmc makes more money it is it's not going to you know it's not about making intel catch up it's right. just saying tsmc you guys can be the most profitable you're fine you can continue beating intel but make your chips here because if your taiwan factory is occupied you're still producing something here which is going to feed my country i guess i guess it looks like it will happen at some point so that's the it thing. is going to happen yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so i mean this just uh, uh, we have just been talking about tsmc uh, versus in uh, versus intel right so where do the other yeah. players fit in uh, nvidia google uh, the oracles of the world so you know how are other can uh, google right so how are they thinking about these things so so google of course manufactures from tsmc or they all manufacture from tsmc they're in a different space so if you have your chip the question is what can you do and google has the story of being vertically integrated for everything except manufacturing so it designs the chips it has its manufactured hub it's got its own chips it's got right. its own data centers and it's got its own software ai software and what it's then trying to do is basically can i then just serve ai through the cloud but since i own the entire stack can i come up with a much cheaper alternative than my competition right and that means google's strategy throughout it created the software the framework tensorflow it has tpus it has google cloud they all you know are exist to basically feed one story that if you use ai you do it through google's cloud i see you get the best price and you know the best models and best everything right and their ai first investment was to make a vertically integrated ai company i see i see mm-hmm. got it right and who who's and, making tpus by the way is it uh, tsmc as well or um yeah yeah tpus is fabricated by tsmc, TSMC. everything is everything except intel chips and 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 the really embarrassing part is some of intel chips are also being manufactured in tsmc wow <laughs> because they are struggling with delays and so and their own process not being good enough and they're like i cannot lose market share so i will also go to tsmc and manufacture it there and it is like a real like egg in the face wow. of for intel so why the whole in the chart that you showed like that's what yeah. i still can't get my head around this mm-hmm. it's not like they they sunk, sunk like billions of dollars into r&d or something like how did suddenly in that three year like what it seems like this is a huge story right that we're not just learning about like how did that happen because the hockey stick happens after 2020 that's obviously the pandemic and everything but the investment wise like intel has been like sinking money as well right it's not like the the, the red it, bar on the left has dwarfed it the, is the realization there are three factors at play the first is the realization from investors that intel is not catching up till 2023 2024 because mm-hmm. intel's been claiming every year that it's going to catch up at tsmc and then it announces like one year goes and like oh there's a delay or there's another delay and this is where investors have realized that it is not catching up um second but really, factor is really, before yeah. catching up though my point is like how did tfs tsmc even get ahead like it's just uh, oh man know, that is uh, that, right? like, i, I wish people do a documentary on like how tsmc <laughs> they took the lead and now people have realized that the lead is there to stay it's hmm. not going to be covered anytime soon So that's when you know it's it's a remarkable growth of you know what TSMC has pulled off is just humongous. So in the US, we are busy with the culture wars. Hey, should I go to office? Should I vaccinate myself? Um, right. You know, uh, should I commute or just work from home? When all of this was being discussed, 
Yeah. Um, so TSMC was just chipping away, right? So that's the charts. Next yeah. Week. And, and also mean, during the pandemic, right? They were able to, uh, right. they, they, they shut down the, the quarantine, the entire island out, the country out. The factories yeah. were running 24 seven all the time. And their, 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 the total production they were doing just exploded. So they sold more. They, yeah. their competition was nowhere in, in, in sight. And they have yeah. this lead that is going to be maintained for several more years. And yeah. that is when people realize they have a monopoly. Uh, Samsung has the same monopoly in memory. TSMC has it in logic. Mm-hmm. And these are the two things which create AI. So NVIDIA's chips is logic yeah. plus memory. And that's, you see, then the realization that, oh my gosh, these companies should be worth way more than they are. Right. Uh, right. Boom. Right. Yeah. This is, this is such, I mean, it's the story of three years, like 19, 20, 21, that's when I think you see that little bar on the, the red bar on the left starting to really rise. Yeah. And then it's a lead yeah. time of about a year that it takes the market cap to then catch up. Like that's just, who is CEO of TSMC, that dude, like, should we, should, I mean, we should, we should get him on the podcast. <laughs> Talk to you, you should have Totally should. You totally should get somebody from TSMC to, to just narrate how heroic. And, you know, they've got this technology lead for almost from 2018. Right. But even in 2018, it's taken two years for people to really say that, okay, you know, this lead is there to stay and all of this before the market catches up and, and shows, you know, right. reflects the same. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I mean, this was great, Minal. And then this definitely, this is a good cliffhanger to, you know, for a part two. Uh, yes. yeah. record uh, and you know a lot of questions are unanswered uh, for example I, I would like to understand how the whole NVIDIA is playing out right so, um, uh, how NVIDIA is going big there what are the challenges that NVIDIA faces and also yeah. some more details on um, so just AI accelerators and so on so it's just focusing more on that so we should definitely uh, yes that's that will come in uh, the next version of, of our interview uh, but yeah absolutely this was great um, yeah. so any any closing thoughts, uh, you know, or uh, uh, or any um, you know trailer for the next part? <laughs> it, I mean, there is. Um, I would say like the amount of action in the space is massively under underrated and understated. It yes. is like you know cliffhanging. You know, it is also like you know extreme competition that even market leaders are facing. It is not that TSMC is sitting happy and fat and happy. It is not right. that Nvidia is sitting fat and happy on where they are. Right. They are, you know, competition. They're, you know, they're fighting battle by battle, day by day, to to reach where they are, and the the challenges that they that they will have to fight and the battles that they will have to fight. So Nvidia is, you know, it's it's becoming a game of go. Mm-hmm. So it's it's no longer you have one opponent. You have, you know, Nvidia's opponent is now you know US. It is Google Cloud, and how does it, you know, it. It is the standard AMD, which always was, but then also these new things opening up. And how does it continue, to, you know, you know, keeping, you know, being the numero uno, uno in this in this uh, yeah. new landscape, is a massively interesting problem. And Rinal, I think like when you'd spoken before, you'd mentioned this very interesting elephant versus whale story. So maybe you can like tee that up as a as like a teaser for what's going to come the next time. Absolutely. Like, you know, they're, each one is a specialist. Like NVIDIA is a, is a king in the GPU ring. Um, AMD is a king in the CPU ring. And mm. now we have like, you know, um, AWS is a king in the cloud ring. Um, everybody's mm. trying to eat into the other market. Right. How do they do that is, is, is going to be fascinating. Yeah. Because 
they each one is creating their chips um you know is there a question like do everybody start creating their own data centers does mm. is there go that route how does it keep the you know what advantage does each one of have what are their disadvantages it's it's a you know uh, they're all champions in their own arena but they're very weak outsider and they're right. all trying to go into that and the question is will they or will they not and, right. you know is it the story of an elephant in, in the elephant and the whale where the whale is a you know king of the sea and elephant is a king of the land but can the whale walk uh, or can the elephant you know right. swim that is the that's the question right. yeah, elephant versus whale assuming that like... both are carnivores and both are like right. desperate to become king of their realms <laughs> so yeah a yeah. tiger versus a killer whale or like what i get what i get the point right? right actually it looks like more like godzilla versus kong right so like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you, you didn't mention Intel though. Like, was that a strategic uh, omission? No, something? no, Intel's in the same. No, not at all. Uh, they are firing back. Um, <laughs> they have like you know, his lot of more, lot more cash in hand than other companies. So they are plowing it into anything that works. They have like a portfolio of like they have a CPU, they have a GPU, they have an out and out yeah. accelerator, they have FPGAs, they name it, they have everything. but mm. they're not the king of anything so the question is like how will they come and you know um you know really you know catch up here and that's that's their challenge amazing so uh, i think it. a good good time to uh, i think pause here before we you know go to the second part right uh, yeah. great this is great and uh, i think yeah let's dig deeper into each of these wars next time yeah thanks for coming on the show it was awesome having you on it was an pleasure absolute pleasure it was a lot of fun talking lovely talk soon cool.